Welcome back to Humans of Purpose. I'm your host, Mike Davis, and each week I bring you conversations with local purpose-driven leaders. Leaders creating social impact through their work and inspiring positive social change across a wide variety of sectors. Sit back, tune in, and enjoy the next 40 minutes guaranteed to inspire you with our signature blend of wisdom, experience, and banter. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. And one of the things that we do uh, with Welly is try to upcycle fresh produce um, that would otherwise not meet cosmetic commercial standards and end up in landfill because we negate the need for appearance because we powder it and we, we do process it. Um, we, as long as it's nutritionally sound, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Yep. So for me, it was this idea of how can I marry my passions, my skill sets and my will for impact? And this was sort of where it really went to. Welcome back to another action-packed episode of Humans of Purpose. First off, a big thanks to our season sponsor, Neon Treehouse, for all their wonderful social media support. We're loving having Leadership Victoria as our current sponsor too. Folks I've met who really impressed me often have one thing in common. They've done a Leadership Victoria program at some stage, most likely the Williamson program. Of course, Williamson is just one of their amazing suite of programs and courses, and you should check out the link in our show notes to learn more about these fine offerings and how they can help you develop your leadership skills. To do so, just head to the link in our show notes or leadershipvictoria.org slash humans dash of dash purpose. Be one of the first to head to this page and you'll get a copy of the new book from the Kansas Leadership Center, When Everyone Leads. Thanks to the kind folk at Leadership Victoria. When Everyone Leads was the number one new business release on Amazon during launch week. This week, I bring you my conversation with Jared Valeri, who is founder of Welly. Welly is all about encouraging effortless, healthy habits. They do this by providing a ready-made healthy fruit and veggie mix that you can simply shake with your water to create a delicious smoothie. Why might this be of interest, I hear you ask? Well, consider that 96% of children and 90% of adults don't get their recommended daily intake of fresh fruit or veg. Welly makes it convenient and easy to get you and your family's nutritional needs met. You'll hear plenty about this in our conversation today, but also more about Jared's very intentional and structured approach to optimizing his day, his career as a successful serial entrepreneur, his passion for health and well-being, and the habits he adopts to strive for startup greatness. We're thrilled to welcome Jared and Welly into our growing family of Humans of Purpose partners, and if you like what you hear, you can get your hands on some Welly goodness with a hearty 20% discount just by using the link and discount code in our show notes. You'll also see leading brands like Chief Nutrition for protein snacks, New Recover for portable ice bath, and Bonnie for luscious tuners in our show notes and on our website's partners page and show notes too, offering you, our listeners, some terrific exclusive discounts. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jared as much as I did. Jared, are you welly this morning? I'm very welly. Are you always welly? Always welly. You are actually always welly. <laughs> I try to be. This is awkward. <laughs> much, I, I thought you would laugh and then we'd stop and have a good, okay, if I rehearsed that joke too much. <laughs> Mate, it's great to see you. Obviously, um, you sit very close to me, so I get the uh, pleasure of bumping into you every day and catching up. We do indeed. It's only new though. It's new, but um, I have noticed your table tennis skills around the commons. <laughs> didn't want to say anything at first because you weren't great, but 
Now you're quite good. I'm trying. You practice every day? Practice makes perfect. Yes. In business, life, and table tennis. Correct. <laughs> all, all the key domains. <laughs> all the, exactly. <laughs> Mate, I'm really excited to be here with you this morning. Um, I reckon I really want to get into it. I want to talk mm-hmm. all things welly, but I think for myself and the audience, let's understand a little bit about your journey first into entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Um, my journey is a little bit interesting. We... oh. Through university uh, is when I started my first business. Um, I was studying engineering in particular, uh, product design engineering, and that's sort of where everything began. And it sort of set this foundation of curiosity for me. Um, And from there, uh, my previous business partner and I uh, launched a reusable water bottle business, um, which is actually still running eight, nine years later. Oh, cool. Um, I'm no longer a part of it, but it's still running, which is great to see. Um, and that sort of, yeah, it set the foundation for my love for entrepreneurship and creating businesses. And since then, um, have sort of gone on this trajectory to just leverage curiosity to determine how things can be done better. And that's sort of me in a nutshell, to mm. be completely honest with you. I think curiosity is the key to ideas that change the world. Mm. And that sort of, yeah, allowed me to sort of dabble uh, across all different fields and domains from product uh, through to technology and today to food and beverage. So have you always um, buttered your own bread, so to speak, or have you had conventional jobs? I have had conventional jobs. Um, Straight out of university, I did, uh, purely because we well, it wasn't a sustainable business by any means. Um, it was more of a project. Um, but after about two years of conventional jobs in agencies, so I actually never touched engineering outside of the uh, classroom, um, jumped straight into marketing um, and sales. And yeah, so ran that for, uh, sorry, it was in that space for about two years. Yeah, you, you come across as like a, a young but lifetime entrepreneur. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Have you heard that before? I haven't, no. <laughs> <laughs> like you sort of run your own ship quite well. I like to think so, um, but don't get me wrong, it gets hard. Yeah, I can see that there are there are times when you you um, are too focused on the screen and yeah. you just need somebody to come up behind you. Which is why you're great sitting behind me. Yeah, just you know, <laughs> come across and provide some comic relief. Correct. Not that I have things to do myself, just there for light <laughs> entertainment. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, that, that comes with its own pressures, though, sort of, you know, being an entrepreneur for a long time. Like, you know, you have to bring in your own money. To my partner's probably a detriment. Yes, it absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it's 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 difficult. It really is. Um, and in hindsight, if if I look back at sort of where we are now from a financial, from from multiple different aspects, would I have done things differently? Probably. Um, because it is. It's it's super difficult. And when you're running small businesses, um, it's it's quite difficult to set yourself up mm. for, for the longer term. Yeah. And I must admit, I was probably so focused on the idea of challenging myself, uh, maximizing learnings and accelerating learnings, um, and that curiosity that I probably did overlook long-term uh, outcomes. Mm. And that has sort of been a, a fundamental shift for, for me over the last sort of 18 to 24 months as well, realizing what I had potentially lost out on and what I now need to do to sort of focus on, okay, what does the next five, 10 years look like? Yeah. So you've shifted your um, horizon to a longer term Correct. horizon. Absolutely. It's, it's, and, and one of the things that I've now recently done is actually cut ties with everything else and focus on the one. Whereas I was so adamant about getting my fingers into anything I possibly could. Um, and I've really reduced that and sort of gone, okay, well, this is where we're going. 
what does that now look like? How do I need to focus on that? I think there's two things in that, like prioritizing the main thing, what's the main game, and also cutting out distractions. Correct. So talk a bit about your process. How, how did you go about cutting out distractions and maintaining more greater yeah, focus? It's a really good question. Um, I'm a big person on reflection, and I think a real pivotal point for me or an inflection point was, I think it was the start of 2021. I'm losing, t- losing track of time. We I think it was are. 2021. Yeah, that COVID break. So. Oh, wild. Um, I, yeah, big personal reflection. And at the start of every year, I like to sit back, sort of take two days to do a, a really internal deep dive. And one of the things that I had really come to conclude was I was no longer passionate about what I was doing and the businesses that I was working with. And so I made the decision to identify, okay, what it is I'm firstly passionate about, like the industries that I'm passionate about, two, uh, where my where I believe my skill sets uh, lie, mm-hmm. and three, a target segment or audience that I'm really passionate about helping. And from sort of identifying those three components um, sort of has led me down to the path of, of Wally and sort of sent me on a new trajectory. Tell me about that um, two-day um, sort of self-audit review period because I, I think what you're kind of doing is sort of what like in a conventional organization, the end-of-year review or the Correct. off-site or something, you're kind of self-replicating that? Yeah, it's exactly right. Mm. So on a monthly basis, I do a keep, start, stop, change. Um, I do that for my businesses oh, and business now uh, and I also do it for myself. Mm. And so that is, okay, what am I currently doing that I that is working really well? So let's keep doing that mm-hmm. and list those and make it really uh, – highlight the intention behind everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the start is what are we currently not doing but need to start doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the change is what are we doing but we could potentially be doing it better. And then the stop, what are we doing that is just not working or is detrimental to overall success and longer-term outcome and mm-hmm. we need to stop that. We say family is everything and it should be. But the appointments feel endless, and it seems so hard to make time even to catch your breath. It's easy to put off things that don't seem to be urgent right now because we think there's always tomorrow. But there are some things that shouldn't have to wait for tomorrow. So while you're doing it all today, remember that tomorrow has a partner, MassMutual. Find out more at MassMutual.com slash Financial Legacies. And so that's that's sort of like the monthly basis, but yep. then the two to, like the two day uh, longer term reflection period is is actually one of the things is, is not putting pressure on it. I think you need to let it happen naturally, mm. um, and it's more about allocating time. Um, I'm a big person on meditation and manifestation as well, uh, and sort of just look going in with purpose and intent, um, and just spending the time to identify. Okay, what does this actually look like? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's interesting. So setting an intention and working towards it. Correct, but. Um, you're not a manifestation gospel person, are you? I uh, look. I don't preach about it. Um, Do you have a copy of the secret the, under your jacket? I don't. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, look. I, I am big. I, I I do it. I do a personal manifestation in, in, as part of my daily routine. Yeah. Um, but is that, that is it. spiritual. No, it's not necessarily spiritual. Um, I think it's there's two parts to it for me. It's energy and it's intent. Yes. Um, energy in sort of like I. There is a level of spirituality to to, to energy, in my opinion, um, but the bigger one is intent, and yep. everything that I like to do is is with intent. And I think if it doesn't have purpose, and why are we doing it? Yeah, love it, love it. I think you stripped away all the um, 
the uh, bizarre crap yeah. that I was alluding to. So, so appreciate that. We, we, can get, we can get weird if you want. <laughs> oh, we, get, we can get weird anytime. I'm, I'm happy to get weird. But before we do get too weird, um, we're both smashing some delicious Welly beverages right now. I'm really excited to welcome uh, Welly to the Humans of Purpose uh, family of, of fantastic products that I enjoy. And we're excited to be a part of it. And so I'm drinking, I had yesterday, I think your uh, red one or was it yellow? Yellow. Yellow, yeah, the tropical. The tropical. Yeah. Today I'm drinking the orange one. Correct. And what I've got in front of me is sort of what looks a little bit like my um, awesome coffee cup, except it's clear and it's uh, plastic. Correct. Beautiful plastic yep. uh, vessel and compartments. And with the with the welly, you you literally all you need to do is fill it up with water, open up the sachet, give it a shake, and you've got basically two servings of whole organic, um, you know, fantastic fruit mm-hmm. and vegetables. Correct. Uh, with lovely blend of uh, proprietary herbs and spices <laughs> to uh, help meet your RDA, your dietary requirements. That's right. So, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. So, our focus as a brand is really on helping the 90% of Australian adults and the 96% of Australian children who don't consume the recommended daily service of veg to help close the gap to consume the daily recommended RDA, as you said. Mm. Um and the the whole thing that we do is how do we reimagine fruit and vegetables into a format that they are actually going to be enjoyed by consumers? Yep. yep. Um, there is a whole like the foundation of the business is built on the research in which we did to identify the extrinsic and intrinsic factors that minimise our want to consume vegetables. Yeah. And so for children, it's obvious. It's taste is the most obvious, mm-hmm. uh, but things that we often uh, either neglect or misunderstand is things such as texture, familiarity, interactivity, all of these other components that actually have a really positive um, effect on on our consumption behaviour. I knew that you'd be someone who just researched the shit out of it. Like, <laughs> I knew that if someone was going to turn fruit and vegetable into a sachet, you wouldn't just like make it a two-minute noodle style no, sachet. No, it would be It would taste exact. And like, to be honest with you, mate, I can't believe it's not a, um, a just processed smoothie. Mm, mm. It so tastes exactly like that. It, it does. It's, it, and that, that was the intention. Like we had to make sure like for it, for it to actually have a positive impact, we had to ensure that it actually tasted good. Okay. Like in the end, taste is still number one. Um, and then we were still really focusing obviously on the nutritional content. So for our uh, adult range, every smoothie has at least two serves of whole foods. And for our kids, it's sort of around the one and a half. Um, but we would, we're really big on not wanting to replace whole foods by any means, but we want to close that gap. Um, and the other thing that we really want to focus on is we're, we're not necessarily supplements. Um, we want to sort of, remove ourselves away from the idea or connotation of supplementation we are whole foods reimagined and that's where we're big on yes supplements have their part to play um but if you're consuming a, a really well-balanced diet uh, you should be getting the vitamins nutrients minerals that you need from, from whole foods and um how did you get it to taste so good and normal it's a good question it took a long time because it doesn't like um i'm still I guess my amazement is more that when I look at the powder, it just looks all powdery. Yeah. But when I put it in the water, it just becomes like this vibrant, good drink. Yeah. it's It was a lot of research and development. We spent oh, close to 18 months in research and development before we actually launched the product. Did you um, think it would be possible to do it? It's a good question. Uh, I wouldn't have thought it would be possible. Look, we it, we, we went in circles, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We went in circles as to whether or not it was even the right idea. Yeah. Um, but when you've got the right people in the right positions, uh, you can make good things happen. And uh, we'll just that's that's where it went to. Is it just test, learn, adapt with Correct. a formula? 
Correct. Pretty much so, that. And we're, we're doing it on a daily basis. So we launched our – so there's two sub-brands, Welly Kids and Welly Adults. Yep. Um, we launched Welly Kids first purely because we really wanted to have an impact on children. Mm-hmm. And we we very quickly found out that adults also want a very similar product. Yep. Um, when we launch with kids, I actually – one of the things that I do on a daily basis is call our customers. Mm-hmm. So I call customers for direct feedback. And so that we have a really close feedback loop with consumers to identify what it is that we need to change. They like it. I think it's weird. But like it's 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 to begin with. It actually took quite a lot of me to get over the mark of like actually making uh, making the call. Yeah. Um. And it does catch some customers by surprise. I should call humans a purpose listener. Just <laughs> yeah. be like, why you are you listening right listening? now to the podcast? It's, it's it is the best way to get feedback mm-hmm. and and to then make those iterations to a better service, a product, um, or, or SaaS, whatever it may be. Dude, if a founder called me and asked me if I was enjoying their product directly, I'd probably just, like, I'd lose the plot. Yeah. I think that's just the best thing ever. You'd be surprised. People like, like, some, like, obviously everyone's different. Um, I think one of the things that I'm very sure about, though, is calling them on the right time. Yeah. And you should so, definitely call them at 7 p.m. Yeah. On the website. It's the best time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, very, very specific. Um, always knowing that it's going to be lunchtime. Mm. Um, so, I will sacrifice my lunchtime to ensure that I can call them on their lunchtime. Um, and, but honestly, it's it's been the number one practice for our trajectory of success purely because it's such a closed feedback loop and it's so quick mm. and we're amend- we're making iterations to our product on a, on a weekly basis. I think if you were to do some startup circuit rounds around mentoring, that would be something that you should talk about. Absolutely. The rapid customer feedback loop. Because I think when I see brands that are doing poorly or like not as well as they could, the, the number one thing I notice is the lack of customer responsiveness yep. or customer centricity. Yep. That's a big value point. It is. It absolutely Not is. understanding your customers' needs and, mm. and where a service breaks down. Yep. I mean, it's the difference between a virally angry, um, you know, nightmare customer. Correct. Like me, my previous car insurer. <laughs> uh, or a very happy, loyal, you know, I will just tell everyone about this product yep. situation. Yep. Yeah. And like people love to have – the idea that they're also having an impact on a business too. Yep. Um, and so if you can get buy-in from them from that perspective, even if they didn't have a positive experience to begin with, if you're then leveraging them and speaking with them to make amendments for future, mm. then they've got buy-in. Yep. They've had a they've had like a, a part to the business and we've seen that as, as super positive. Do you see like when you look at other people, like if you turned around and saw me drinking welly, do you sort of think like, Wow, that's sort of a part of me, and somebody else is experiencing that, and that's meaningful. Yeah, I, absolutely. Is that the feeling? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's nothing like even for you, for example. Mm. It's it's like having people listen to your podcast. I mean, how does that make you feel? Well, it made me happy when you wanted to come on the podcast because mm. you're someone who's um, experienced and uh, thinking I value. So when you um, t- like your willingness to come on and actually sign up and you know get it done and also you know be part of the Humans Purpose family is like a it's a nice and tick. Well, you do something when you do something extremely well. Yeah, people will gravitate towards that. Well, I think it's it's mindset, it's approach, but I'm I think I'm a bit like you in a way that um, I'm driven to this not by any other motivation than um, intense curiosity. Yeah. And the desire to improve all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a 10x person. I'm more of a 1% every week person. Yeah. So I kind of just focus on that. And um, I think that that ends up creating a strong product. Um, but yeah, I think the the customer feedback loop, I have to look at different things because yep. uh, I think it's with, with broadcasting of this sort, you don't always know who's listening. Correct. So you kind of have to watch the numbers a little bit, hear what people are saying. Um, 
But yeah, certainly when people who you respect want to come on your show mm. or enjoy your product, I think that's always a good sign. Always is. Yeah. And like, you're right. It, it does. It sort of makes you feel a little bit tingly inside. Yeah. I remember the first time when I saw one of uh, uh, one of our water bottles in the wild and we didn't do a great deal in Australia. Majority of our market was actually over in Asia. Mm. Um, but when I first saw someone at university using our bottles, it's like this little tingle. And it's like, okay, well, we're on the right, we're on the right track. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, there's, there's definitely a level of gratitude that you have towards that. Yeah. That's the right word. I think, um, you know, pride comes before the fall. So I always, I never try and be too prideful about things and, you know, don't like. Um, too much self-aggrandizement, but certainly like um, small moments of recognition, like you might meet someone and they know about what you do before yep. you tell them. That's that's nice because I think it gives you a context at least. Yeah. Um, you're not, um, you know, you're not um, a kind of blank slate all the time. Yeah. So that, that can be cool too. Why did you want to enter this space? It comes back to that reflection. Like, and kids for me – I, I, I love kids. I, I don't have kids of myself, um, but I'm surrounded by children. And I always have been known as the the king of kids. Um, I've always thought of you that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know. I have this, yeah, I, I love children. Um, you get a t-shirt that says king of kids. King of kids. And no, then people come up to you and say, do you have kids? You yeah. say no, and it'll get really awkward. Yeah, it'll get extremely <laughs> awkward. I'll be locked up pretty quickly. Um so it was, yeah, it's really understanding that that's where a, a, that I love that target consumer, mm. um, and I also love the idea of being able to have a positive impact on them. Yep. Um, so that was like one part to it. The other part too is, and and why we went into the reusable water bottle business and also the reusable coffee cup business was uh, the, the other passion of mine, as opposed to health, well being, and and whatnot, is is sustainability. Yep. And one of the things that we do uh, with Welly is try to upcycle fresh produce um, that would otherwise not meet cosmetic commercial standards and end up in landfill because we negate the need for appearance because we powder it and we, we do process it. Um, we As long as it's nutritionally sound, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Yep. So for me, it was this idea of how can I marry my passions, my skill sets and my will for impact. And this was sort of where it really went to. Um, to be honest with you, when I did that, that reflection, it, my, my number one product that I wanted to go into was like, well, actually it was like, do I – start something new for myself mm. or do I enter the industry through someone else and, yep. th- and, and and go to a new business? And I actually started to hand out resumes and started going through that process. Um, and on, in, in the meantime, on the background, I was, I was really working on two new concepts, one being Wally and mm. the other one was in sort of fintech for children. Yep. Um, but that's not where my skill set is. Yep. And so, I, I, look, the, the, the workforce part didn't happen. Um, and I just fell in love with this idea of, of, of Wally and it's sort of the rest is history. It's amazing. Can you speak, want to get into it a bit further, but about the amount of self-belief and persistence uh, mm. that's required to succeed in something like this? For me, <clears throat> yeah, it's well, this is a tough one. Um, I battle imposter syndrome every day. I do every single day and I find it really difficult. Um, to be completely transparent and self belief, um, for for me, it's it's it's. I'm a person of routine systems, and I think that I don't necessarily like. I don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of self belief, and I've got a lot of determination. 
Um, and I'm a very persistent person and in some instances very, very annoying um, because of that. But I think the reason that my self-belief is where it is is because of the routines and systems that I adopt to enable that I am 1% better or I like to think that yeah. every single day. Yeah. Um, and it's setting up like a foundation for success yeah. in my opinion. Um, and so I think that all of these these systems that we place are compounding. Mm. and the more we do, the better we get. Yep. Um, and so I don't think it's necessarily I- internal in that sense. I think it's more system and process and pragmatic to how the overall structure that I'm setting up that allows me to actually continue to do what I do. Mm-hmm. That's really well said. It's it's so interesting. I mean, I think, um, you know, I spoke to two people yesterday for the podcast who um, both like kind of rejected the routine or habits thing. Interesting. Um, who are highly successful people. Interesting. So it's just fascinating to me how like um, some people place a lot of importance on routine repetition yep. and kind of tweaking and, yep. you know, you and I kind of stuff, I would say. But others um, just uh, they seem to not focus on that stuff very much and do really well. Interesting. And, and, and is it, did you happen to get into why? Yeah. So the the one person was um, their episode will come out at a different point. So I won't say too much. Yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. Very, yeah, don't, no very successful founder and um, and CEO of a massive, um, I'd say one of one of the leading um, leadership companies in Australia. Okay. Yeah. So she was just relating um, that for her because of travel, family, yep. and lifestyle, yeah. uh, habit and routine are not always possible. Yep. So she tends to focus on other things. Interesting. Um, and I, I was really like, um, I guess it, it challenged me in a way. Yep. Because I mean, I am very much around sort of how you. I think I think about intent, but I also think about like what are the things that set me up for success mm-hmm. each day, mm-hmm. and um, if you can lock down on them and repeat them, um, it gives you a sense of stability. And I think I got that from watching my dad growing up. Yep. Um, he just did exactly. The, he's done exactly the same thing every day for over fifty years. Yep. And he's still in the same job that he was in fifty years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. and very like well, less happy now, but you know, <laughs> still getting by. Yeah. And he's seventy five. Yeah. So it's just like that kind of consistency mm-hmm. um i think gives me comfort as well yeah it makes me feel more whole in myself yeah so the idea of you know you get up um as a kind of davis male this is quite character you know you get up and you don't talk until you have a coffee in your hand and then you start stumbling around and you sort of get to your your, your things yeah <laughs> so i get it you know i think i think you have to set yourself up in a way that gives you confidence in yourself yep. and your day Great, absolutely. I think the the idea of setting yourself up for confidence is is you can you couldn't put that better. And I think especially if you're not a person who has natural immense self confidence or self belief um, like me, um, you kind of you, you kind of need external stimuli to help you get there. Yep. You can kind of um, you know clarity of purpose and intent will help you a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, everything that you do, like with your hands and movement and motion. Uh, intentional motion and a pattern, mm. you know, these are, for me, the building blocks of um, everything I've enjoyed to date. Yeah. No, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, very much. Like, yeah, I think you and I are very similar in that regard. Yeah, and I think one of the things I noticed early on is like um, you and I can be quite obsessive about things that probably other people don't care about. Yeah. Like I remember one of our first conversations was about like um, the quality of my drink bottle or my coffee cup, and obviously that's your field, so you were very interested in that as well. But why was I interested? That's not my field. Hey, you, look, we, we, it's, it's weird what we pay attention to and what we enjoy, but uh, yeah, we've got to double down ourselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what are you finding? I mean, with Welly, mm-hmm. who is getting benefits from it? Are, are there categories that you're surprised by that yeah. are really enjoying mm-hmm. it? So, and also want to speak to the sort of the split and segments between adults and kids and yeah. uptake and surprises. Yeah, for sure. So, look, we launched kids five months prior to launching the adults. Um, but funnily enough, we've seen a really good uptake uh since launching the adult range purely because we made the amendments to the product that we learned from the kids component. Yep. Okay. Um, but coming back to the question. Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Oh, that's a big check. Well, obviously you could put this towards your next car or we could finally get that jacuzzi or I could start taking tuba lessons or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Tomorrow, tomorrow. That's what we all say, right? It's easy to hit snooze or push off what doesn't seem urgent to another day. But building generational wealth, that can't wait. Find out more at massmutual.com slash financial legacies. Well, who we're helping, realistically, with the kids range, we're helping parents of children, of fussy eaters. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Our focus is primary school age children, so like 5 to 12 years old. Uh, in my opinion, they are almost a forgotten uh, demographic. Yep. There's an abundance of uh, quality fruit and vegetable-based um products for kids uh, like newborns toddlers etc but you sort of go five to twelve you look at a lunchbox lunchboxes for the most part are pretty rubbish and what's available yeah. on the shelves is also not that great you want a fruit roll up correct you ingest 95 percent sugar? sugar yeah exactly and so that's definitely a demographic one thing that we've we've seen is this is really interesting sub segment that has come out of that is is parents of children with autism and uh, children with autism have uh, are quite prone to sensory uh, issues, uh, especially when it comes to food. And so, parents are the the, the communication that we've had with parents is that the children will not touch anything purely because of that 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 texture. Yep. Um. And so, for them, it's a matter of how do we ensure that we're still getting the vitamins and nutrients into our children uh, in a form that they're actually going to consume. Yep. And because we. Uh, obviously, we're taking what is whole food and and forming essentially into a liquid, um, without the sort of the textural component of it. It's being consumed uh, far more, which is really really exciting, um, and it's something that we possibly didn't do the research into and identify that that unique consumer. Mm. Um, and then on the adult side, it's it's really those we've we've got two um, major target markets we focus on it's those that understand or want to make healthier choices um however often either laziness or busyness prevails Mm. um and so it's all about convenience for Mm. adults um the other segment that we've really found is is hikers hikers overnight campers you name it um the fact that it's a a really lightweight really nutritious product that can be taken anywhere and made anywhere Mm -hmm. um has been yeah sort of overwhelming and again that's just been a target segment that has sort of come out of getting the product into market and sort of seeing where it goes yeah, it's really interesting, and I think um, look can certainly speak to the challenges of camping and why that would be <laughs> would have been great to take along to the camping trip. But um, 
You know, I imagine also for kids and parents not wanting to expose their kids to too much sugar. Yeah. Um, you know, fruit juice. Yep. I'd love you to just make the comparison to fruit juice briefly oh. and the dangers of fruit juice. Yeah, I think, look, I, I don't want to speculate because don't get me wrong, there are some good juices out there. Mm. However, if we talk primers and we talk those sorts I'm of products. I'm talking junk supermarket aisle. It's rubbish. Juice. It's The majority of it is sugar, mm. right? If you look at the ingredients, you understand what those ingredients actually are. Yep. Um, you'd be very surprised. And uh, I, usually concentrate. Correct. And sugar. Correct. So not even, there's not even actually any fruit no. in these juices. No. Um, and depending on the concentrate, concentrates can be okay. Um, I do want to cl- clarify that. Um, we're, in fact, we're looking at them for a new product at the moment. Uh, but it all comes down to the processing um, and if, uh, the level of extraction of vitamins and minerals um, of those concentrates. Yeah. And if it's a heat process, a lot of them are lost. And what are the other processes? Uh, I won't get into that in too much detail. But uh, I think it is um, really understanding what the different types of sugars are too. Yeah. Um, where fructose is very different to sucrose. Um, that's something that, again, a lot of consumers don't know. Um, is that controversial? Can be. Hmm. Definitely can be. Um, there's some really interesting studies coming out of Monash um, of the importance in fructose um, in the diet, especially yep. for children. Yeah. Um, but it's look, it's always going to be controversial, Yeah, I believe. Um, but, again, it's all we can do is – put our best foot forward. So how healthy is your product compared to um, an off-the-shelf juice? It's ours is 100% 100 fruit and veg. Yeah. So what what I'm consuming has – it's like me eating a whole food. Correct. um, That's unprocessed, right? Correct. Fantastic. So we use a process called freeze-drying, which has recently become a lot more mainstream than it used to be. And basically what that does, it's a sublimation process to remove water from the fruit and vegetable. Yep. Um, And the process of sublimation that it uses basically retains 98% of the the vitamins, minerals, and fiber. We do lose a bit of soluble vitamins through the process, um, like in some instances vitamin C, but we still retain a significant proportion of that. Um, and then through the blending and uh, milling process, it's all done with minimal heat, and therefore there's minimal uh, losses along those way mm-hmm. along the way. So our whole our sort of focus or ethos is, is how do we one we try to minimize pro, uh, processes if possible, but if we can't, what processes do we need to ensure that's mm-hmm. still going to retain the the goodness of what we're actually making? You got some interesting spices that you include as well that are very like good health properties. I yep. notice you got cinnamon and turmeric to yep. sort of mention a few. Do you think you're going to get into like a space where you might do a range that has more of those kind of like adaptogenic or kind of herbal enhanced yeah, properties? It's interesting. Like I love the space of nootropics. Yeah, me too. Um, and we should talk about I, that. We, you and I could speak about this for days. Yeah. Um, we we include yeah turmeric, pimento, a lot of these herbs, these spices uh, for their I guess medicinal properties and functional components. Yeah. Um, Look, coming back to the question as to whether or not we're going to invest in a range of nootropics, probably not. Um, Reason being, our intention as a business is to how do we recreate products that currently exist or in high demand because they're convenient, but they're unhealthy. And how do we recreate them using fruit and vegetables as the foundation? Do you get to use like these oddly shaped vegetables and fruits and stuff? Yeah. That's awesome. So that's that's part of the sustainability side. That's big. Well, why don't you talk a bit about that? Because I know you wanted to and I haven't raised it. So. No, yeah. So 
31% of fresh produce is discarded at primary production uh, purely because of a blemish, irregular shape or ill colour. Um, and unfortunately, they don't because they don't meet cosmetic commercial standards, they ended up in landfill. And it's it's really great to see uh, some brands that are now popping up to basically combat that. Mm. Um, and there's some really cool local brands as well doing some really wonderful things. And so how we use that is we essentially take that produce, like I said, we negate the need for appearance. So, because we're processing it, it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it's nutritionally sound, yep. we can use them. Yep. And so, right now, we're, we're not exactly where we want to be in terms of percentage of use. Um, however, our, our long-term intent is to be sort of 90-plus percent. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's really cool. So, that's one of the things. And the other thing that you mentioned, I think, is around your commitment to packaging and sustainability. Yeah. So, look- in complete transparency, right now um, we are using a lot more traditional based packaging um, purely because we're, st- we're still a really early stage startup and 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 costs uh, are important. Um, but one thing that we're yeah again we're we're really adamant about is how do we ensure that we're doing the best that we possibly can for the environment across everything that we do. Um, and so we're always exploring uh, new new methodologies, new technologies, new packaging, new equipment, etc. And, and the intention is to be completely biodegradable, um, although that's got its own controversies that come with that, um, which I won't bore everyone with. Um, but we do want to ensure that we're, we're making the most sustainable choices for everything that we do. Um, my only issue right now with the industry as a whole is how expensive sustainable options are. Yes. Um, and that's my pet peeve with the industry. Um, I'm like I don't know the details as to, to why they're so much more expensive, but I think if there's a way in, in which we could subsidise those costs for brands that are looking to make greater impact, um, I think the uptake would be far higher. Just dovetailing back to one of the things you mentioned earlier, you I think you you have a couple of really strong points on your website. You might have made them already, but what is the average adult deficiency around fruit and veg and the, the average kid, like the average kid or adult walking around, like how deficient are they in what you're producing? Yeah. So look, science recommends on, on on average that we should be consuming five serves of vegetables, which if you, the Australian standards are 75 grams of that vegetable, um, they do change based on, for example, cooked spinach versus raw spinach, et cetera. Um, and then also for, and for fruit, it's 150 grams. So we sort of, we're encouraged five and two. In other countries, it's very different. It's like five combined. Australia is five and two. Five veg, two fruit. Five, yeah, five yep. veg, two fruit. Now, on average, the Australian adult is getting the, I think it's about 1.5 serves of fruit and around two serves of veg and children are even lower. Um, and so, again, we're not here to replace the whole foods, but if we can close the gap, then that's what we're here to do. And well, so um, you told me yesterday, this is great, that someone uh, who'd been drinking uh, your product had been walking around and getting compliments about their improved skin. <laughs> yeah. True? It is true. Is well, it, was it's, it you? It's, <laughs> I'd like to say yes, but it wasn't, unfortunately. Um, no, one of the byproducts of, of a whole food nutrition is like, what, like obviously there's fortification, and then there's whole food nutrition, okay? And a lot of supplementation is, is fortified vitamins and minerals and don't get me wrong, they're still great, but they're not necessarily always coming from direct from the source and they're going through a whole heap of processing. Um, 
with the vitamins and minerals that are found in our whole foods, they're exactly that. They're, they're not processed, they're not formulated. Um, and so we've started to see quite a, a, a great uh, difference between the consumers that are taking it and those that are potentially not. And skin, funnily enough, has been something that we've had yeah, multiple people contacting us about how they've seen such an improvement in their skin mm-hmm. by taking that product frequently. I'm guessing the other thing to say might be that with your product, because it's whole food base and a lot of veg rather than just your two fruit, yeah. you're not going to get that sugar crash or dump Correct. that you'd get after a normal- Absolutely not. Sustained energy, baby. Sustained energy, baby. Yeah, that's it. Okay, very good. Well, look, let's get to the stuff that I like and you like also, um, reflections. Mm. So, um, you know, big, big chunk of, uh, of, of knowledge to, to get into here. Me- so this meditation section, obviously based on, um, well, not obviously, uh, Marcus Aurelius, the great uh, Stoic from over 2,000 years ago, had a personal journal, didn't intend for anyone to see it, but he would record his daily reflections and wisdom in that. And we now have that as a sort of really fundamental, interesting source of insight that is still so useful today in how we can improve and, you know, have better character and lead more meaningful lives. So that's my kind of um, just short summation of, uh, you know, 2,000 years mm-hmm. of knowledge. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Not I bad. liked it. Yeah. I don't mind it. Thank you. Um, so firstly, um, let's do routine, I think, because, you know, we're both obsessed with routine hacking and sort of how we, you know, run a good day. Yep. What are essential elements of your day and uh, how do you need to start and end your day for it to be, you know, a really good yep. Jared day? So we often hear win the morning, win the day, and that is me uh, to, to an absolute T. Mm. Um, my morning is extremely important. Um, to the point where I try not to have meetings before 11. And the reason being, by the time I'm in the office prior to 11, that's my time for, for complete and utter focus and, and work. Um, and I find always a state of flow in that period of time. Um, but coming back to earlier morning, <clears throat> it's, again, it's fitness, it's hydration. Um, I fast. Um, but it's a component of that. And then it's routine. As soon as I'm in front of my computer, I always do the same things. Um, and the sort of the the three or four most important things to me, once I am in front of my computer is I set up a daily agenda. So identify the number one priorities for the day. Um, I set my, I do my manifestation practice and that basically was all about, again, intent. And then the third thing I do is a reflection on my previous day and it's basically a scorecard. And I got introduced to this by a mutual friend of ours, Herc from Cadmus. Oh, yeah. Um, Marshall Goldsmith, which is who, – who is a – he's been noted as the, the best uh, – the world's uh, best C, um, CEO coach um, or whatever you want to call him. Um, and he has this practice uh, that he implements with them. Uh, and it's basically a scorecard um, and it's a, a reflection of yourself that you score from one to 10, about 10 questions. You can dictate what they are. Um, but for me, it's understanding how I performed the day prior. Was I, uh, did I set clear goals? Did I make progress towards those goals? Um, did I do my best to not make uh, um, destructive uh, comments? Did I try to increase positive relationships? All these sorts of things that mean something to me. Um, and then I score myself against it. Mm. And what I love about doing something along these lines is 
without results, you don't know whether you're improving. Mm. And so having that physically in front of you to see at the end of a week how you're actually going um, really then allows me to take a step back and go, cool, what do I need to start doing? Yep. Keep, start, stop, change. Yep. Okay. Um, so that that's sort of before I touch an email, before I do anything, I ensure they go through that entire process. Yeah, that's fascinating. And so in terms of steps for your morning and evening, so how do you wind up and how do you wind down? Uh, my wind down is really not that exciting, to be honest with you. Um, we'll do the wind up then. That's yeah, the wind up, the, the, the first thing that I do every single morning is consume 500 ml of water. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the, the, obviously, our body is water, majority. Yeah. Um, and it is so important for our the, this uh, adequate function of our organs um, and everything else. And so that's absolutely number one. Next is fitness. Um, I know very, very quickly how my day is going to go based on the, the, the physical activity I complete in the morning. Um, so that's absolutely one and two. And then it's generally a time of meditation, whether it's conscious or not. Um, but that, that those three prior to anything else. So you're, you're faster in the morning? You don't correct. I, I generally won't eat till 11.30. Okay. Yeah. That's good. And what time are you waking up? Five, five fifteen. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. I've started to recently um, unintentionally join the five AM club yeah. just because I wake up uh, yeah. anxious about the day. The, yeah, and the little one, no doubt. So, and the little yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Marlo's actually pretty good. It's I can't blame him for this one. Yeah, it's okay. My, uh, yeah, just life, yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, you know, just just adulting. Yeah, one one sure. stuff. Um, coffee or n- nothing? Yeah, no coffee. Yeah. Coffee is the only thing that I'll have. Uh, black, actually, black or- that. Yeah, black. Yep. Black coffee um, and hot water. Very good, my man. Very good. And what does exercise in the morning look like for you? Yeah, I've, look, I used to be very much driven by a lot of weight training um, and I've definitely I've fundamentally changed that. And as you could probably tell looking at me, um, it's a lot more functional based mm. um, and it's a lot more just about movement. Um and and I've started to to add a lot of running in there as well. Yep. So a combination of functional uh, weight training, uh, high intensity, and and long term cardio. So you mix it up a bit. Correct. Yeah. Very good. Well, I think we've just nailed that section. Do you take supplements? I uh, okay. I was about to lie. I was actually about to lie. Uh, apart from, I didn't ask you whether you're on fucking <laughs> anabolic steroids. You, you treated that like it was a real taboo no, no. style question. The the only supplement I take is the athletic greens. Yes. Yep. I take that too. So I, I have I have a Wally every day and I have Athletic Greens every day. Fantastic. Very good, my yeah. man. Um, look, look, I think you might have sort of touched on wisdom a little bit, but I think you can go a little bit further off on a different tangent with the Marshall Goldsmith daily yep. scorecard. I think that's great. But is there another piece of wisdom that you've received that has sort of had a major impact on your life and career? It's, look, Stoic philosophy uh, to me fundamentally changed everything that I do. Hmm. Um, I read the Daily Stoic, which I highly recommend to anyone and everyone listening. Basically, it's one meditation. It's basically a page that you read every single day. It's an unbelievable uh, read. Um, But the practices, the teachings uh, I really relate to. Hmm. Uh, And there's two that really focus uh, or sort of mean a lot to me. And the first one is education is freedom. It's easy to put off things that don't seem to be urgent right now. But protecting your family simply can't wait. So while you're doing it all today, tomorrow has a partner, Mass Mutual. Find out more at massmutual.com slash financial legacies. Um, 
it's it's why we learn. Um, it's why I'm so adamant about being one percent better, always ensuring that I'm learning um, and doing something new. And the other one is is only focusing on what's in my control. Um, and I think for for me, uh, that control po- component really really uh, had something to do with when I first started my business. I was so focused on what other people were doing. And that sent me on a pretty down, like a, quite a quick downward spiral. Mm. Um, when you're always comparing, um, look, the circumstances are always different. Yeah. And so I think that was one component that sort of came out of understanding what's in your control. Um, and now it's it's purely sort of I'm quite ruthless to what doesn't matter, um, and and what I can't control. I'm very pragmatic about it now, and I sort of forget it. Cool. What is? How do we now move forward? Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, the, the stoic stuff completely changed my life too, uh, probably about a year or two ago. And yeah, I think the idea of um, understanding what you can and can't control is such a sort of like obvious central mm. tenet that we should all just become very deeply familiar with. Yeah. Um, good one. All right. Um, health and well-being. Well, you kind of, I think maybe you've yeah. done it already. Is there yeah. anything else that you do that you want to add in? Is there stuff really. that you're thinking about doing? Apart from saunas that I do. Um, How sauna? Yeah, I love uh, three. I'd love to say four, but I don't. How good is it? It's unbelievable. And do you morning or night time? Uh, generally night. Very um, good. But I can't make it. If it's too late, I won't sleep. Mm. Um, just through regulated body temperatures, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so generally we'll try to do it sort of, yeah, mid-afternoon. Very. And what, do you go to a place for that? or No, I just in the apartment building that I'm currently at. Oh, there's a sauna? Yeah. That's dope. Do you have to sit near other people who are unfortunately, also doing that? Yeah. See, I'm really- Do like, people go there? Yeah, unfortunately. Is it weird? Like, <laughs> it can be. I find sauna conversations the most bizarre. See, I, I take a book in. That's so really then you, smart. So then you avoid the conversation. Yes, you drip all over your book. Don't but make eye contact. No, don't make contact. Do not exactly. make eye contact. It's exactly. like the urinal rule. Correct. Like, don't, no eye contact. <laughs> don't look. <laughs> yeah. I, um, when I was on holidays in um, in Brisbane, I, they had a sauna. It was a bit too big. I like, yep. couldn't fit too many people in it. Yeah. So you go in, you feel great, and some random bloke comes in and says, oh, how's it going? It's just like, no, not The last now. thing I want to do is have a conversation. I don't want to know about why you're in Brisbane <laughs> or what you're doing. You're like, I'm happy that you're here. It's great. But let's just not do this now. Please. Please. Yeah. There should be just like a, a natural it, it understanding. Should, it, it should be. There should be yeah. an unwritten rule. It should maybe be a written rule. Like yeah, a sign right. that says don't talk to other people <laughs> in the sauna unless you both agree to. Maybe we have to uh, <laughs> implement that globally. So you are experimenting sort of and the next um, area of exploration is things that you're thinking about doing differently this year or coming up next year as opposed to what you've previously or currently been doing. It's a tough one. Um, honestly, I, I, I had to have a think about this one. Mm. Um, the, the one thing that I have implemented this year was was the Marshall Goldsmith scorecard. Uh, scorecard. Yep. Um, what do I intend on implementing it's a good question. I, 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 I'll be honest. I probably haven't made the time to sort of sit back totally and okay. identify that. You're probably someone who, because you've got a regular reflective practice, you're probably already doing the things that you intended. Like, yeah. it's not your experimentation is pretty rapidly built in. Yes. My most recent one was the the cold plunge yep. uh, into the week yep. and phenomenal difference. What is the difference that been that you've really noticed? Resilience. Yep. Emotional and physical. Yep. So when you put yourself in cold water, very like icy cold water for, you know, up to six or seven minutes, a couple of times a week, you kind of um, 
So I'll talk about how it feels, yep. and then I'll talk about the science yeah, and the for evidence. Sure. So how it feels is like you're a bit more bulletproof, yep. which I think is important for us to feel like we can handle any condition. So you put yourself in there, and you realize that you can do something that you were previously terrified of or couldn't do, which is, gives you a mm. big boost automatically. Yep. You're like, oh, I'm like Bear grills, Like, <laughs> I can do anything. You know, put me out in the – probably the last five minutes in the country, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's that kind of thinking. And the the impact physically that you can handle it makes you think mentally that you're prepared for a lot more that day than you otherwise might be able to handle. Yeah, for sure. So it sort of gives you this like, like mental boost. Yep. The other thing is the body change is like uh, it activates um, brown fat yep. in your body, which um, helps improve metabolism, helps in- improve blood flow, and actually helps with um, maintaining a healthy weight. But also you notice that when you're in temperatures um, that are either um, like quite cold for other people, you can just be in a T-shirt and you kind of have this like training to the conditions. So I love that about it. And How have that- you found energy? Um, I found that it, yeah, it definitely gives me an energy boost. Yep. That's dopaminergic and yep. it's also about the drop in other neurotransmitters mm-hmm. that you get from it. So you do get an instant release of dopamine and nor- norepinephrine mm-hmm. uh, from doing it. That's clinically studied. Yep. So, you know, it's a, it's a 20% boost or something for a few hours. So you feel great mm-hmm. and you feel up for things and that will make you feel more energized. Yep. Which is similarly, it's like similar to what I find when I do breathing techniques. Yeah. And it's actually quite similar to the sauna as well. Yep. Like they, they kind of work on similar heat and cold shock proteins and these kinds of systems. And I think training around different extreme temperatures is going to be the new frontier mm-hmm. of um, like improvement science because it's just so obvious. Yeah. Like I like, I think one thing that you and I probably can both agree on a little bit of where we find common ground is like, you know, reverting back to the things that are quite simple are actually our modern medicines. Absolutely. They absolutely are. Psilocybin? Psilocybin. Let's go. Yeah. Um, psilocybin. Um, my belief it's just completely misunderstood. Mm. Um, 60s and 70s, unfortunately, got a bad rap. And if you read the papers and the studies that have, have recently come out and had been in existence for quite some time, we really start to understand the positive benefits that psilocybin can mm-hmm. have. Um, and that's on everything from cognitive function to uh, dealing with anxieties and stresses, mental health, etc. Um, I I cycle microdosing um, and I can see a fundamental shift in my behavior, um, in my psyche, like everything. Um, one of the biggest things that I take it for is definitely creativity mm. and focus. Um, and it, it, I, you know, when you have, and you haven't, when you know, when you are not cycling it, um, you see if like a, there's such a big shift. Um, but you also need to treat it with respect as well. And so, again, I, I love to dabble on and, and really sort of uh, experiment with my body, um, but I only do so if I am confident in what I've read and have done the research. Yeah. And I didn't sort of start going down this route until I had read a significant number of papers, mm-hmm. really understood it, both the positive and the negative, spoke to my GP, mm-hmm. uh, made them aware of what I was doing and sort of got the all clear. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, that... Look, and, and I think there's actually coming down to, to where you're going to get to a societal question. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's a, I think society needs to have a greater level of openness um, and reduction of sort of stigma that exists for certain things, um, in particular, in, in my opinion, these sorts of uh, therapies and medicines. I love that you said that and I love that you preempted the next question, but I, I do agree and I think – 
you know, some of the stigma is naturally starting to fade away because of the TGA's it decision is. to um, to um, to list um, both MDMA and psilocybin yep. as approved therapies in certain circumstances. And, you know, the amount of trials happening at um, St. Vincent's, Monash and other institutions around, um, you know, MDMA and psilocybin-assisted uh, therapy is just amazing yep. how far the field is coming um, and right here as well. Correct. And it's, it's it, look, it really has been accelerated over the past however many years. Um, and it is, it's, it's great to see that there are reputable uh, uh, organisations that are sort of yeah, leading the way. Um, because it's 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 it just leads to a positive future. Yeah, love it, mate. Love it, mate. You are Jared. You are very welly. Uh, <laughs> you've been wonderful on the podcast today, and we're really excited that by the time we release this, there will be a twenty percent uh, discount code or URL for our listeners. And we love that people who you know um, love what you do in this episode will also be able to enjoy your product. You're going to be on the website and our partners page. And mate, I just really enjoyed having you on. So I want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Hey, thank you for having me. It's been we've we've spoken about it for a long time, um, but I'm glad we finally got to make it happen. Have have some fun. And how can people connect with you and learn more about your wonderful work? Yeah, so my name is spelled extremely weird. Um, for it's it's pronounced Jared, but it's J A R A H A D. To this day, I still haven't got a clear answer from my parents. Um, <laughs> but if you search that in LinkedIn, Twitter, you'll find me very quickly. It's classic. So just look for the irregular yeah. spelling that has no explanation. <laughs> That's exactly you'll right. Find your man. Indeed. Thanks so much, mate. Cheers, buddy. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player and why not share it with a friend or two? If you want more from your Humans of Purpose experience, become a Humans of Purpose member today through our new platform, Supercast. All you need to do is hit the link in our show notes. If you have a message to share with our audience about your brand, products or services, we have a wide variety of paid promotional packages available. Please get in touch by hitting the link in our show notes.